Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Match Ball. Hello there. Welcome to the show, which is brought to you with Levi Solicitors and 10% can be yours off your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan. Hello. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White's Daniel Chapman. Hello. Well, here we are then. Round the final bend of the season. Halfway through our journey from promotion in 1990 through to lifting the league title in 1992. The 11th of May, 1991, as we do a match ball 30 to complement our real-time journey up to lifting that trophy. And we're at the city ground today to close out the season. We're pretty much done and dusted. Imagine this one you know, going into it, you're thinking it's just going to be a quiet end of season dead rubber. Didn't turn out like that. The defence had a nice uh, afternoon off. That was good for them. I'm sure they enjoyed that. And Nottingham Forest's defence went with them. Everybody being very generous. Nice end of season vibes in the sun though. That terrace away in the corner. 5,000 Leeds fans packed in it. And what an atmosphere that was. As you can see when the goals go in. It's the uh, the limbs. The limbs are what you notice. And no trouble because Leeds fans are, are good lads these days. There's no, It's a bit of a different vibe to the end of last season. Weird, isn't it, how Forrest have got Spurs in the FA Cup final, so you'd expect them to be off it a little bit, but, you know, maybe their manager encouraged them against Leeds United. Well, it's Brian Clough. Exactly. And also encouraging them to uh, get their Cup final places, because nobody's places are assured. If there was one manager going to drop the lot and get some Sunday league ringers in just to make a point, it would be Brian Clough. Let's do the lineups then. John Lukic, Mel Sterling, Glyn Snodden, Chris Fairclough, Chris White, the defence for Leeds United, with Batty, Stracker, McAllister and Speed across midfield, with Shutt and Chapman up front, Subs, Andy Williams and Bobby Davison. For Forrest, Mark Crossley, Stuart Pearce, Brian Laws, Des Walker, Steve Chettle, Gary Crosby, Gary Parker, Nigel Clough, Steve Hodge, Ian Wone, Lee Glover, with Nigel Jemson on the bench. And uh, that young man, that young man, Brian Clough, sat next to him. Wasn't so young at this point, was he? Didn't look in the greatest health. It was still a, a few years from his retirement here, aren't we? Was it 95 or something he, he finally jacked it in? But um, yeah, this isn't. we're not at peak Brian Clough. But Forrest is still an all right team. This to me, this is still the Forrest lineup to this day. When you say these names, these I think, yep, Forrest, Forrest, yep, but Forrest. People call Steve and Gary. That's what they need in the team. Stuart Pearce has got 15 goals from left back, none of them penalties this season. I don't know how many were free kicks, but... You'd imagine plenty, but that's not bad going for a, a fullback. Des Walker, England international, obviously, 
Nigel Clough on the fringes of it, and Steve Hodge, not so much a hero of the World Cup 86, but an international midfielder. But the contrast in Forest's team is someone like Ian Wallen, who I think they bought from Runcorn for £55,000. I put him straight in the first division and he, he was great. He doesn't deserve to be on the same pitch as Gordon Strachan, though, because he's an international midfielder and he's back after his suspension to see out the season. But unfortunately, it just means Forest start off by doing to us what we're supposed to do to other teams. And they were passing the ball about a bit, which feels to me like cheating. At this stage, yeah, get it forward to the big man, surely. No, is that not what we're supposed to do? Get it wide? Mm, I'm not sure which of uh, Nigel Clough and Gary Crosby and Lee Glover are the big man in this scenario. Maybe flicking it around in midfield suits them better. Well, Gary Parker gets the opening goal after just four minutes. It's a it's a really weak goal from a Leeds perspective, isn't it? Like Wohn just flicks it through to Parker to shoot. Like it's just it's just a really weak interchange from our perspective. Nobody closing down. Nobody close enough to their men. And as he runs straight through the middle, it seems to be Gary McAllister who's nearest to him, and Chris White and Chris Fairclough are miles upfield. I mean, I know we're used to seeing this a bit now with the Bielsa man for man system, but. It was unusual at this time to have your defenders nowhere to be seen. It's a high offside trap. That's the thing. We try to catch teams offside on the halfway line if we can possibly manage it. And it does mean that players with some brains like uh, Ian Wallen and Gary Parker can send the midfield player through. They had the temerity to pass Moscow. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically. And it went from bad to worse, to be fair, in that opening 10 minutes. Nigel Clough, 2-0 on 8. Ian Wohn involved again. I don't like Ian Wohn already. Already he's getting my... Uh, my hackle's up. It's not a great defending again, is it? It's a cross from the left-hand side, nodded back across, and he gets to just smack it in from six yards out. Yeah, I saw this, and I thought, there's a one-two on the, sort of the edge of the box, and I thought, where is it, where's everyone gone? Why, why are our players not there? I mean, in fairness, we do have nothing to play for at this stage, but come on. You've got Mick Hennigan <laughs> on the sidelines looking distinctly unhappy, and I'm sure he would have plans for what could happen after the season if we don't play well. There is a good header in this from Gary Crosby, when it reaches him at the back post, he's got the option of just trying to head it in past. Cushioned. Would you say cushioned? No. He's got the option of just um, <laughs> heading it straight past Lukic, but he um, he passes with his head square across goal to Clough. It's that little... Um, a headed, to, a headed pass, wow. Trying to score the perfect goal seems to be their, their aim here. It's not the perfect goal, but it is a, it's better than the first one. And our goal's better anyway. We should have won the game. Because of this goal, I think it should have counted. Should have counted double at least. Well, not before Stuart Pearce could have made it three. There's a free kick that's going towards the um, the top corner, which Lukic does well with. Yeah, Lukic isn't letting him get number sixteen. But um, Chapman, it's only twenty minutes played. It's been quite a bright start, and uh, the Forest fans are already being smug, chanting at their former player Chapman. What's the score? And yeah, I believe he held two fingers up. Then he just shot two nil. Like that. That's what you do under those circumstances. Or you just um, score, and then it's not two nil anymore which is what Chapman does. Were there any headed passes involved in this one, Moscow? Uh, not from memory, no. This is all to do with um, Gordon Strachan's magic feet and, and well, Lee Chapman's Lee Ch- magic feet. <laughs> I was just going to say, Lee Chapman's feet on this. You watch this and you chuckle. Strachan with a lovely ball, It's just that's just sort of lofted into Chapman's path and he kind of breaks in the inside right-ish channel or thereabouts. So lovely stuff. What does he do what? here with his legs? He takes it round the keeper and slots it in, but it's with all the ungainliness of a f- newborn giraffe. He does. He takes it around the keeper in a way that only Lee Chapman could. But it's I brilliant think. as well. It's as well as being brilliant. It's still ungainly, and he still manages to clatter him at the keeper as he as he knocks it past him as well. I think he sort of makes it look look like scoring a goal, look like a two footed challenge somehow. Strachan's pass though is amazing on this because he receives it quite deep on the right hand side, and he's he's facing the touchline when he receives it, and he just 
He knows what's going on behind. He knows Lee Chapman's making those runs. Well, he, he, that's what he's known for. Playing running, off the shoulder. Run, running the channels, getting in off the last man. It's round the corner. It's the cliche for that pass, isn't it? He puts it round the corner, into the penalty area, into Chapman's path. Beautiful. 30th goal of the season. An absolute boatload of goals from Lee Chapman. And, you know, to be fair to the guy, did as many with his feet as with his head, didn't he? And then it all goes quiet for a bit. For quite a long time, actually. Echoing the, was it the Villa game recently where it was nice and quiet until about 70th minute and then it all just went absolutely batshit mental and goals were flying in from all angles? A bit like the Liverpool game as well. In that it was just, the results seemed at several points quite secure and then went a bit mad. But um, it'd be nice to come out on top of one of these games for a change, wouldn't it? Yeah, what was the story of the, the game between the 20th and, and the 70th minute? Just relentless attacking. I think we were struggling to keep um, Forrest out. Batty was playing much further forward than he, he normally does. He was getting uh, ahead of things with McAllister, and I think that was giving Nigel Clough some space to do his thing, which is lots of short passes and trying to break our offside trap, which um, we held on until the 70th minute. But Clough is sort of denominatorly mm, in name. <laughs> he's a striker, but... Um, Nominatively. Yeah, that's probably the word, but he's... Um, He's as much a midfielder as anything else. Nominally? Nominally. That's the word, isn't it? And him and uh, Gary Park are also out of midfield with um, a mullet. He looks like a kind of shit version of Glyn Snodden, if um, anyone's not familiar with Gary Parker. They make it 3-1 with 20 minutes left. It's really, really messy as well. I've just written down pressure, messy, header. And I don't mean Lionel Messi. I mean just shit messy. Quite a good header, in fairness. He gets it right into the top corner. without. It's not a whipped cross either, so he has to put quite a bit of power into it. Horrible seeing their fans celebrate behind the goal at the Trent end. I say it's a good header. He is also in about 10 yards of space at all sides of him, which does probably make it a bit easier. 70 minutes, 3-1. That's, you know, the end of the season. You think, well, that's the season done. That's the game done. But it's not. It goes mental from this point. Five minutes later, 3-2, and we're back in it. Weirdly, Forrest just, I don't know, maybe they thought the game was won at this point. Mine's on uh, the cup final, isn't it? Avoiding injury in the last 20 minutes. Chapman, again. And Batty doing the uh, the creative stuff here, which is not something he's known for when you look back historically, but this was excellent. He takes the throw in the left corner, right in front of the Leeds fans, actually. And there's a little bit of interplay, isn't there, with Gary McAllister. Uh, comes back to Batty, who does a great cross all the way to the back post. But this is probably the uh, the highlight of it, is what Chris White does. And he showed us his silky skills recent in recent weeks, didn't he? His, uh, his six-a-side soccer skills, killing a ball dead out of the air. And he does it again. We're sure he's not trying to shoot. No, he's playing it square to Chapman. And Batty's cross is, um, you say it's unusual, but he was known for this. The If you remember the, the last goal against, not the last goal, but the goal against Liverpool, Batty's swinging it in from the right for Chapman and he, he used to dig it out from under his heels. Quite a distinctive um, crossing style and uh, handy to have Lee Chapman at the front post, Chris White at the back post, our arch striking combination <laughs> up there. I'd like someone to do the stats on the combined distance of Chapman's goals this season because this one's from about six inches and I feel like he's always there just inside the six yard box just tapping it in well we've spoken before about the corridor of uncertainty and then the Chapman zone or the Chapman corridor whatever it might be this is right in the Chapman corridor isn't it he just goes and stands next to the post and if it doesn't come to him at that post it will come to him at that post after it's gone to the other one I think he's probably an early adopter of the Normanton methods for scoring goals as well just stand really near the goal and when it comes to you put it in which shows his foresight and his intelligence. Always an erudite man. So yeah, it's it's gone crazy at this point. 3-2 and then 3-3 two minutes later. Andy Williams. It's a scooped pass with the outside of his right foot from the left touchline. And then an incredible dummy. 
from Carl Schutt lets uh, Mark Crossley come rushing out of his goal towards him. And just as you think they're about to collide on the edge of the penalty area, Schutt faints. It's a body swerve. and They both miss the ball. I think he's trying to avoid being clattered, isn't he? I would go to, I'd go as far as to say this is the best dummy a footballer has ever done, actually. <laughs> like that one Pele did. Yeah, it, it was akin to that. It is. That's, it really is, yeah. If you've, seen, if you've seen Pele do that famous dummy against, uh, I can't remember who it was against, but it was for Brazil in 1970, and then with an open goal miss, Carl Schutz basically does exactly the same Goes thing. Goes one better. Except he finishes for his 10th of the season. And Pele never did a shift at Thomas Cook at Meadowhall either, did he? No. Several shifts, I would argue. He's probably put in a few. Never scored 10 goals in the first division either, which is um, not to be sniffed at. I mean, Chapman's total before, he's now up to 21 in the first division for this season. So you've got one striker scoring 21, another one scoring 10, who I don't know what his, uh, his goals per game ratio must be, but it's only the second half of the season that Schutz has really established himself in the, the side. But it's... Um, it's a great shot goal. It's a great shot celebration as well for three. goes sprinting over in front of the Forest fans, loving his life. Yeah, and the Leeds fans are having a, a whale of a time in that far corner because we've been behind in all but four minutes up to this point. Like, you know, we went one down after four from Gary Parker. So to be levelling the game again is lovely after all this time. And surely we will go on to win it from this point. Momentum's with us. But mm. no. Daddy's boy scores a goal, doesn't he? Yeah. He's like a, he was like the Alex Bruce of his era, except... Um, <laughs> A good footballer as well, which was a bit of a shame. Again, did we switch off here for this? Because it, it's just another piss week goal, as far as I can tell here, allowing them to just do a little bit of interplay on the edge of our box. Clough, again, seems to be in too much space. Was that part of Clough's thing? I never saw him play that much. I remember kind of Liverpool era Clough, who wasn't all that good. But he seems like he's he's not stood in standard striker positions, which I think is maybe confusing our defence a little bit. Yeah, he would play sort of um, off the striker and... and go wistfully around the pitch and he was that kind of um, between a striker and a, a midfielder. It's sort of before the days you talk about false nine, but I don't think he was far away from that. And uh, and it's Steve Hodge who finds him here, who has got the intelligence to read what Clough is up to and um, finds him in space and Fairclough and White are just, yeah, don't have a chance really. Obviously pandemonium in the home end. You would think that's the drama over and that Leeds were completely deflated, but we're not done yet. There is more drama still to come in these closing minutes. Yeah, that was the 86th minute and uh, obviously Leeds go straight on the attack, trying to make it 4-0. Chapman gets around Crossley, knocks the ball over him as Crossley is running out to stop him. And Crossley's way of stopping him is he does what he didn't do to Carl Shop, just sizes him down. No penalty. No penalty. Because the referee is all set to give a penalty at the other end. Just, 60 seconds just later. Just a minute later, the bastard. When uh, Steve Hodge whacks the ball and it hits Chris White, and apparently that's handball. Seems unfair to me. VAR will be having none of it in 2021, let me tell you. But yeah, penalty is given. But a little bit of late drama in the season. John Lukic saving from Clough to prevent it becoming 5-3. And Steve Hodge then hits the rebound against the post. You don't often see a penalty save like this either, do you? Where a keeper stands completely still and just waits for it to hit him. Feel like they always feel the need to dive, don't they? These days, a goalkeeper. But late on in games, people always hit penalties down the middle, and Lukic, I think, must be aware of that standstill. I think, it away. I think with the current trend as well of keepers not being able to move off the line and getting punished if they do, the tendency is to dive is to dive rather than not dive because they know they have to make up time because they can't go early. If you know what I mean. So I think very few of them just stand still these days. So maybe we need to go back to 1991 ideas where this is concerned. Just stand there and head it off the line. To be fair, 
and to be clear, he didn't head it off the line. He did use his hands <laughs> in case anybody is confused. The shot was kind of around head height, sort of to his a little bit to his left, and he um he stands up and with I think there's two two arms block it, and then Hodge in on the volley hits it really well. Actually, it's one of those but the cliche is too well and um, rattles it off the post. Forest seem um, rattled by the way it, it all ended, accusing our players of being uh, of trying to intimidate the referee. But Wilkinson said, uh, we battled against the odds, but nothing seemed to go our way. We never really got a decision. People talk about intimidation, but I wish they'd be specific and say who was being intimidated. So there's a challenge. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Full time, 4-3, end of the season and a time for the players to say thank you to the travelling fans of which there were a lot. And how better to do it than give them all of the clothes you're wearing? Shirts, shorts, socks, all went into the, the stand and speed and still and even gave their boots away. Which could be, I mean, speed has got his... Uh, his modelling work now, so he's got his second income. I don't know if um, Sterling's got a boots endorsement, but he'll be down on Intersports on Monday morning trying to get a new pair. And they're off to um, they're off to Shelburne straight after this. We've got a, a post-season friendly, so he's going to need something on his feet. Overall thoughts then on this season? It's been a good one, hasn't it? A really enjoyable one. Good fun. A bit of pressure off. Yeah, I think we're going to do a, a proper season roundup, aren't we? But it, it feels like it's... Uh, to finish fourth in the first division and to be so close in so many cups and to end Michael mentioned before about what a different note it was to uh, to the end of last season and that was highlighted in the Times because it was trouble elsewhere um, the Times said that it's a, a modern a modern rule of football that if Leeds don't riot Chelsea will um, and after their 2-2 draw at Aston Villa hundreds of Chelsea fans invaded the pitch and broke the crossbar Police formed a cordon to prevent clashes with Villa fans who were on the pitch at the other end. And Ken Bates, who has been lecturing us about second and third division performances from his first division team, went in among his fans in an attempt to bring order. Even then, it took half an hour to restore calm. Can we expect a broadside against the fans by Mr. Bates? No, he'll blame the press. Mm. So that's Chelsea. 
Has he already failed with his electric fences at this point? Oh, that, that's long in the past. Yeah, yeah everyone's taken all the fences down. Oh, of course. That's one of the things that kind of um, was the point of the article. Was not just kind of. Um, I know there is that little jibe of uh, at Leeds in there, but pointing out that a year on from that, and after the Taylor report and fences starting to come down post Hillsborough, it's actually been a remarkably peaceful season. Good season for Lee Chapman as well, who's broken Peter Lorimer's record of 30 goals in a season, which is not to be sniffed at. He's had an incredible season, all things considered. What, 31? Yeah, and they went and uh, the Evening Post asked Lorimer what he thought about it, and he says, tremendous achievement. Doesn't worry me that my own record has now been broken. In fact, I was hoping Lee would break it. Football's about different challenges and achievements on the field. I'm delighted for him. And he gave a bit of a insight into the strikers' world as well. He said, um, I felt a bit sorry for Lee. Because people kept telling me he misses this and misses that. But whenever I've seen him play, he's done well. And he's managed to score all these goals. You can't argue with that. Goals are not easy to score. And all strikers miss easy chances at one time or another. I did. Is age a concern for him? Or for he Peter Lorimer, he's, re- he's retired <laughs> at this point. He does mention uh, he is playing for the Leeds Old Boys team at this point. So he will still be cracking in the goals. But he's um, he's got a, a good few years in that side with um, Eddie Gray and the lads for a while yet. I remember they played um, my junior school, the dad's team from there. Did that, did that Leeds United old boys team probably around this time. So yeah, they were still going. Who won? Actually, no, I have no idea. I would imagine that probably the team of really good ex-professionals won. Yes. I, I did see being spoken about recently that there was some kind of charity match involving, I think it might have been Nick Berry, or it was some kind of soap star who was then complaining bitterly about the hard tackling of Bobby Collins, who... <laughs> Virtually broke him around this sort of time. He said he couldn't believe that this was happening in a charity match. And Bobby Collins will have been pretty much the oldest player on the pitch, you would imagine, at this stage as well. Yes, I think so. But um, I'm glad he's still, still the hardest. Still kicking the combative people. spirit never leaves, does it? Another FA conspiracy here. Have you seen this? Chapman scored all those goals. Did he get golden boot? No, he did not. Well, it's still the Football League at this point. This is why we need a Premier League. So the FA are in charge of uh, of these kind of things. But yeah, Smith of Arsenal scored 22 in Division 1 compared to Chappie's 21. But um, Wilkinson knows who's done better. He says, you, you cannot overwrite Chapman's achievements this season. They have been done in the first division, in our first season back, and for a team that has not walked away with the championship. And um, who is vindicated by this decision, uh, by this performance rather, says Howard. His achievement reflects great credit on the team and vindicates the manager's decision to bring him to the club in the first place <laughs> and spend the sort of money I did. Aren't I great? Yeah. Well, he's he says this a few times. He always says he's always scored goals when he's played for me, but life has not always been rosy for him. And uh, Wilco's kind of view of Chapman is that um, because he doesn't look like a footballer, nobody has seen the footballer within him. That when he nobody thinks he can go around a goalkeeper and and finish. But um, Wilco's always uh, seen that his ability is hidden behind his uh, his appearance. And he has improved with age, says Howard, and shown just what he is capable of. And with the players heading off to Spain for their holidays after the uh, the Shelbourne game, work carries on a pace behind the scenes. The The work for the 1991-1992 season starts immediately. Transfers, transfer market, we're going to be going into that. Do we fancy Gary Lineker? Do we feel like that's a, that would improve us? We've just talked about Lee Chapman being the top scorer bar one in the, uh, the oh. first vision and in all imagine competitions imagine him nodding it down to Lineker in all competitions Chapman is the top scorer in the uh, in the country well do we need him because well, of Carl Schutt yeah we've got Schutt and Chapman what's Lineker going to bring 
I mean, I can't imagine Lineker scoring goals in the new Camp. Can you? Well, he's been, and he he doesn't want to go back, and that's part of the uh, part of the story. Is um, there's rumours that Spurs are, are one, they're up for sale, and secondly, that they're trying to sell Gary Lineker back to uh, the continent. They bought him from um, Barcelona after he'd been at Everton, and um, he doesn't want to go. He's quite happy in the the UK at the moment. So now his agent is shopping him around and Leeds might be in for a two million quid. Wilkinson says he's not going to Spain with everybody else because of the pressures of business. And uh, I have already made inquiries for some household names and others. And I've supported some of those inquiries with substantial concrete offers and tried to enter into negotiations at a level this club has never been involved in before. Is this Maradona? Well, we've time. been involved with Maradona before, so I don't know what level we can possibly go to if we've negotiated with Maradona. Um, I don't know what Gary Lineker's entourage must be like or or who Peter Beardsley's working with or whether he just means um, tapping up Motherwell's left back is um, is a, a negotiation at a level the club's never been involved in. I mean, nothing screams shooting for the moon like tapping up Motherwell's left back, does it? Scottish football wasn't as bad at this point. No. It is worth saying. Or maybe the Premier League wasn't as good. Let's just say the gap wasn't as wide as it is now. Yeah, something like that. I think it's the tapping up that's its issue. Uh, Motherwell's manager on the, uh, they're about to play in the Scottish Cup final. Tommy McLean accusing Leeds of making an illegal approach for their £800,000 rated left back. Tommy Boyd, I think we've got the uh, audio of what he's saying. Oh, hang on, I'll just queue it up. There we go. Uh, where's he from? <laughs> Scotland. 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 <laughs> I don't know why I ask where in Scotland. It's all generic, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and now he's, he's going to be drunk. Uh, now he's at Leeds United have spoken to the player. As far as I'm concerned, it's a breach of the rules because I haven't contacted Motherwell to ask to speak to the player. Boyd has admitted they spoke to Leeds, but it's not him I'm angry at. It's, it's the club of people who go behind other people's backs. And we plead the fifth on this one. No idea what he's talking about. Yeah, those are Bill Fotherby's words almost exactly. I don't know anything about it. Everybody seems to speculate us about signing this and that player. Maybe that's because you keep pretending you're signing Maradona, Bill. According to some, we're after every player who might be available. He knew how to play the game, though, didn't he? He knew how to play the game. Say the right things. But yeah, so there's um, there's some potential names in the frame for improving the team next season. Gary Lineker and Tommy Boyd for a new look Leeds. But before we get there, we do need to tip our hat in the direction of old Leeds. Sheila Kay of Sheila's Cafe says that she's retiring. Now the season's over after 22 years serving the fans and the players. At the uh, um, It's still there on Elland Road and it's different guys. She says, you have to stop sometime. It hasn't been the same since my husband Fred died at Christmas. So that's one of her reasons for going. She also, she's been doing it for bloody years back in the Don Reeve era when the club didn't have a canteen. Uh, she had a contract with Don that she would serve lunch to 30 club juniors every day. And she says he used to come over and check they were all properly dressed and he insisted they had a good three-course meal with roast beef or a homemade meat pie. (laughs) Different times. Billy Bremner used to order sausage sandwiches, but Eddie Gray preferred salads. And here's something that um, won't take anybody by surprise at all. Eddie is a wonderful person. He was one of the first people to contact me when my husband died. Some of the stars from the other clubs always used to call in here too. And Frank Worthington... He still visits when he passes by as well. And there was um, a little story at the end of uh, at the end of this about how Sheila's daughter, Christine, back when those juniors used to come in in the 60s and 70s, used to help out in the cafe. And a Welsh junior from the reserves called Terry Yorath chatted Christine up and later married her. 
Isn't that a nice story? What a beautiful love story that is. Imagine that. Chatting over the countertop, fried eggs on the go, that sort of thing. Maybe Rodrigo de Paul will marry the woman from United Fisheries or Gravely, sorry. Somewhere like <laughs> something like that. You never know how these things are going to work out, do you? So, yeah, so it's um, Sheila's Cafe. Sheila is retiring just in time for a banqueting suite. There's a, a sign of creeping change, if ever there was one. Yes, and Sheila, bless her, pictured outside her cafe in her Legion United bar scarf holding a Legion United mug. The windows of the cafe, so it's a door right in the middle, slightly recessed, but the windows either side have got those net curtains in just halfway down, so you can't quite see inside what's going on. And what you can see, uh, there are photos from back in the day of the um, the Leeds first team in the Riviera listening on the radio to see who they've got in the cup and um, cheering when they were drawn against whoever they, they thought they could beat. So it was a, a proper... Um, a proper central hub of operations for uh, Leeds United players over the years. And there we have it then. End of the season. 38 games under our belt. And this was the final table. Arsenal champions on 83 points. Liverpool second on 76. Palace third, 69 points. And we finished five points behind them in the end on 64 with Man City, Man United, Wimbledon, etc. Just behind us, a good year's work. A good, good year's work, but work to do. To come back into the first division and finish above both Manchester clubs, that is uh, more than pleasant, I would say. Very happy with that on its own. Obviously, Arsenal have absolutely run away with the whole thing. One defeat uh, all season, won 24 games more than anybody, scored nine more goals than we did, only conceded 18, which is ridiculous. So you can't get close to them at the moment. But we were. it's a bit of a shame that we couldn't hunt down Crystal Palace, but it wasn't going to get us into Europe anyway. So, yeah, fuck the Manx. That'll do. And apart from those top two, actually, we scored the most goals in the division, joint with Forrest, but that's probably helped by the final day. And a good healthy goal difference of, of plus 18, which was, again, the best outside the top two. I mean, Arsenal is just ludicrous. Have you seen their goal difference? George Bloody Graham. So their, their record out of 38 games, they've won 24 of them, drawn 13, lost only one. Scored 74 goals, which is second only to Liverpool, 77, but only conceded 18, 18 goals with a goal difference of plus 56. Wank. But, you know, there's nothing to, sniff at with, uh, nothing to sniff at with our 65 goals. I don't know why we need to spend £2 million on Gary Lineker when we're already the, uh, the third highest scorers in the division. But spend, I'm sure we will, and we'll wrap up the season and take stock of where we are, where we're going to be going, who we're going to be signing, who we're going to be getting rid of, all in an upcoming episode of the Matchball 30. We'll catch you soon. The Matchball. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.